Speak to us now, Lord, we pray. Speak to our souls today. This is why we've come, dear Lord. We're ready for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Heaven and earth will pass, but God, your word will forever last. Lord, we are ready for your word. Father, we pray now that you will bless both the giving and the receiving of your word. We pray, God, that by your Holy Spirit, you would intercede so that the faults in the proclamation and the faults in the receiving would be minimized, if not erased, so that your people would be able to hear clearly from you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Most of us think we can easily identify a person who is angry or a person who has some anger issues. I want you to look at these pictures now and tell me in your own mind which of these people is dealing with anger. Next. 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 Last one. She's still mad, right? Now, the truth of the matter is each of these people could be dealing with anger issues and you wouldn't know it. And part of the reason is because we so narrowly define what anger is that we don't realize anger is far more than an outburst of negative emotions or physical violence. And there's somebody in here today, if you haven't realized this over the last several weeks, you are dealing with some anger issues even when you don't have anger outbursts or angry moments. Why do we live in denial of our anger? Let me give you a couple of reasons. One, it's not popular to admit that you get angry. Because somehow... When we admit that we get angry, we admit that sometimes we're not in control and sometimes we're not at our best. The other reason we don't like to admit that we're angry is because we so narrowly define it. And because anger doesn't manifest itself in our lives in extreme, unhelpful, emotional behavior, we basically say, I'm not angry. See, for somebody in here, anger for you is defined as cussing and fussing, throwing things, tearing up things, breaking up things. And so because you don't extreme or behave in those extreme fashions, you don't think you have an anger issue. But the truth of the matter is you can be angry with a smile on your face. 
you could be dealing with some anger issues just sitting in a corner all by yourself. As a matter of fact, what we fail to understand is that anger, when it is not dealt with, may not manifest itself in extreme negativity. It may express itself on the inside and affect us emotionally. Let me give you an example. Anger turned inward can lead to depression. Anger turned outward can lead to verbal and physical ugliness and sometimes violence. Anger turned upward towards God can lead to rebellion and disobedience. So the question is not, are you angry? The question is, how will you address and deal with your anger? Today in part three of this series, I want to talk about how to deal with your own anger. And in particular, I want to talk about the aspect of finding healing for your anger. Now, I've got something there I want you to fill out that I think will lay a good foundation for us today. Here it is. It's important for you to realize your anger will not necessarily be seen by how you look and act on the outside, but how you feel and live on the inside. Let me say it again. Anger will not necessarily manifest itself in how you look and act on the outside. You may not have this ugly face. You may not go off. You may not cuss and fuss. But Anger will manifest itself in how you live and how you feel on the inside. Because anger will take effect. Now, here's the question on the table today. How can you overcome the causes of your anger? We talked about the fact that anger typically finds its root in one of three emotions. First of all, that anger is a secondary emotion. And it comes about as unresolved feelings begin to grow. And typically, anger finds its root in one of three places, right? We said hurt, fear, or frustration. And so when one of those three areas are allowed to fester, anger is on the way. Now, somebody said to me a couple of weeks ago, well, Pastor, what if you are all three? What if you've been hurt? What if you're dealing with fears? And what if you're dealing with frustrations? And I submit to you, just like an illness, there's a prescription for each one of those areas. And so today I want to give you a biblical prescription to address those three areas. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Here's the first thing. Number one, you can overcome your hurts through forgiving others. We're talking about the biblical remedy for hurts. You can overcome your hurts through forgiving others. How do you know if you're dealing with unresolved hurts? You know you're dealing with unresolved hurts when you work hard to stay out of anything, any place, or away from anyone who can potentially expose you to additional hurts or remind you of old hurts. 
For somebody in here today, you have shut off a part of your life emotionally. You have literally closed some areas, closed some doors because of unresolved hurt and because of unresolved pain. And here's what you will do. You will do anything in order to control your life or control the people around you to keep from being hurt in your present and in your future. Let me give you an example. There's somebody in here right now. You won't let a person get but so close to you. Not because of what that person has done, but because of what somebody else has done in the past. And because that hurt has never been resolved from the past, you have walked into future relationships with that hurt on your shoulder. And as soon as somebody looks like they're going down that road, you're done. Over. You know what? This is not working out. Why? Because you're going to, you're going to control who stays and who goes. Especially when you were hurt by somebody leaving and you had no control over them staying. How do you overcome hurts that are keeping you from doing what you want to do? Hurts that are keeping you from going where you want to go. Hurts that are keeping you from being and becoming all that God wants you to be. Starts with forgiveness. Look at Matthew 5, beginning at verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be the sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? God wants you to understand that the healing for your hurts is in your hand. And you can get to healing through forgiveness. Now, I need you to know something about the love that is talked about in Matthew chapter 5. This is not an ordinary kind of love. This is not a conditional kind of love. This is a divine love. When God talks about our responsibility to love our enemies, he understands that you can't love your enemies in your flesh. Truth of the matter is, you have a hard time loving your friends in your flesh. God wants you to understand that this kind of love that is to be expressed, this kind of love that's going to facilitate healing in your life is a love that must come from God. And here's what forgiveness does. Forgiveness gives us the power to move past our hurts by giving up the right and the need to remain angry. Look at Mark eleven twenty five, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it. Let it go in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you 
your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. When you get hurt physically, emotionally, mentally, when you get wounded, the natural human response to hurt is to get angry and seek revenge when that option is available. What are you going to do? You have to choose to forgive. Look at A. Forgiveness is a choice based on the exercising of your will. Forgiveness is a choice based on the exercising of your will. Please understand, you're never going to feel like forgiving. <laughs> if, you, if you sit here right now, I don't, I don't feel it, I ain't feeling it, and I, you're not going to feel it. I'm telling you, you're not going to feel it. That's why it requires a divine love to orchestrate forgiveness in your flesh. It is an exercising, it is a choice of your will. You have to choose to forgive. And let me tell you something, when you choose to forgive, you choose to be healed, you choose to be made whole. See, as long as you are sitting in unforgiveness, you are literally sitting in a prison that you built with your own hands. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. When you choose to remain in a spirit of unforgiveness, you are choosing to allow somebody else to control your life, to dictate your pain, and you are unable to claim healing for your own life. Here's the mistake somebody in here has made. Just because you got past it doesn't mean you got over it. You survived it and you got through it, but you haven't gotten over it. You have not gotten to a place of healing. Listen, God wants you to understand you've got to choose. You've got to choose to forgive. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Well, what if the person doesn't ask for forgiveness? Who gave them the power? I can forgive without you choosing. And the sad part is, and I'm going to knock on somebody's door today, here's the problem. You got some folk in the grave who are still controlling your spirit because they haven't asked for your forgiveness. You still haven't forgiven them, and they're dead and gone. So how long are you going to let a dead person control your life? And how long are you going to allow a dead person to dictate your spirit? Here's B. Forgiveness should never be given solely based upon what a person does, but based upon what God has already done for you. Can I tell you something? People don't deserve forgiveness. So if you're sitting there saying, I ain't going to forgive them because they don't deserve it. Guess what? You don't deserve forgiveness from God. Right? You don't forgive for their sake. You forgive for your sake. Um, sometimes we don't understand that forgiveness is really self-healing and unforgiveness is self-punishment. Right? Like if I don't want to forgive somebody and I'm going to hold on to it, I think I'm punishing them. But they're going on about their life. Some of them don't even know I haven't forgiven them. I'm punishing myself for something that somebody else did. 
Look at C. Forgiveness comes from a consecrated and committed heart to the Lord, not from the logic in your head. A consecrated and committed heart to the Lord, not from the logic in your head. Listen, if you go to somebody else and try to logically explain to them why you've forgiven somebody, they will never get it. Because the head is simply the rationalization of the flesh. You've you got to literally say, no, this is divine. This is not even. And somebody said, how, how could you let it go, God? Because <laughs> I'm not good enough to do it on my own. Look at Colossians 3, 13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Ephesians 4, 32. Let's read it together. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. The remedy for hurts, forgiveness. Forgiveness. Number two, you must overcome your fears by focusing on God and what he has made available to you. Fear not only represents when you feel threatened, trapped, attacked, or afraid. Fear also manifests itself when you are afraid of how something may or may not turn out or you're paralyzed by fear and afraid to try something or re-engage in a task. Fear will keep you from fulfilling your God-given potential. Write this down somewhere. Fear, I'm going to give you an acronym. False evidence that appears real. And many times when we are fearful, we talk ourselves into a place that we should not be, that the evidence will not take us, and where God doesn't want us. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That word stir up means to rekindle. Uh, it's a hapax legomenon, which simply means it's only used one time in the Bible. One time it appears in the Greek New Testament, and, and, it, and it really the word picture is a fire in a fireplace that is dying down, and you would take a poker, and you would go in, and you would poke the logs, poke the fire, so that some of the ash would be knocked off, and the flames would be rekindled. God says you've got to stir up what's in you. Now, listen to me carefully. The immediate context and application of this can be applied to spiritual gifts. But I want you to take this and broaden the application beyond just spiritual gifts to any gifts, talents, or abilities that God has in you, any potential that you have that you are sitting on because of fear. And there is somebody in here right now, you have been sitting in fear so long, you stopped counting the years that you have been sitting in fear. Now, let me give you a personal example. 
So I go to college, all set, got my plans, four years. When I graduate, I'm going to go to law school. Everything's laid out. My mother and father split up. My dad leaves, disappears, no money. I drop out of school. Life happens. I've got about three, three and a half years done. Life happens, married, start having kids. And I've got to take a job because I've got to feed my children. They, they have this strange habit of wanting to eat every day. <laughs> and so I take a job that only required a high school diploma. I've gone to one of the best colleges in the country for three and a half years, but I don't have a degree. So I have to take a job, and the only requirement was a high school diploma. I take the job because I've got to feed these children that want to eat every day. And I'm challenged on the job because I see people who have a position above me and the only reason they're there is not because of their mental acumen, not because of their intelligence, not because of their experience, just because they got a degree. And so I'm challenged every day, man, you got to go back and get your degree. You got to go back. You got to finish, man. You got to finish. And I've got all kinds of reasons and justifications. I got all kinds of outpoints why I don't have a degree. You know, my, my dad left my mom and, 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 and I don't have any money and. You know, I had student loans, and I'm working full-time at night, and, and I got a part-time job in the day, and I don't know. But you know what the basic bottom line issue was? I was scared. Let me tell you what I was scared of. First of all, the devil had convinced me that I was the only person in the history of the world who had ever dropped out of school. Now, now, now listen to me. I want you to hear this. It's not that I didn't know it intellectually, emotionally. I felt like I was the only one. And I'm embarrassed. And I don't know what to do. I sure don't want to go back up on that campus because that, that campus represents nothing but hurt and pain for me, right? Um, and so I'm, I'm just struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. And, and finally, finally, I, I'm going to say the Spirit of God because that's the only thing that could have got me there. Say, you got to face your fear. You got to face your fear. You got to go up on that campus. You got to face your fear. I drove my little hoopty, hoopty up on that campus and get out. And, and you know, man, I'm, let me tell you something that so, you'll, so you'll know because I'm, 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 I got to tell you this because I'm going to help somebody today. Man, you know, when you read the alumni magazine and you see folk doing stuff that you already know you're smarter than, <laughs> even if it is your own opinion. You know what I mean? Like folks that you know are crazy in college when I... And, and then this person's an attorney, this person's a graduated from medical school, this person's a dentist, and you like, dude, I used to have to help that dude in school. Like, really? Like, she's what? And I was afraid. I was embarrassed. And it, this all in my flesh, y'all. I go up on the campus. I say, you know what? Man, I got I to I gotta do this. And I mean, I take a deep breath. Go up on the campus, Parish Hall, where the main office is, Parish Hall. And I remember hitting that door, and I'm like, I got to go up here. I hit that east door, man. I'm walking down the hall, and I'm going into the registrar's office. And I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to talk about me, laugh at me. I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. 
tell me, get out. I go in, introduce myself to the registrar, associate registrar behind the desk, tell her who I am, tell her why I'm there. She goes in the back and gets the registrar. The current registrar used to work in the office when I was a student. Walks out and says, oh my God, Derek, how are you? And I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. Hi, how are you? And she says, man, it's been a long time. What are you here for? I said, well, I need to get a copy of my transcript. I want to come back. I want to finish my degree. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Printed this transcript. Gets the transcript. She looks at it. She says, well, it looks like you got about, you know, half a year or so, uh, maybe a little bit more. She says, but you're going to have to go to your department chairman. Talk to your department chair, and then they can give you directions on what you need to do. Whatever they say, we're going to abide by it. So I take a copy of the transcript. I go over across campus because I called department chairs in. This is a dude I really don't want to see. And let me tell you how crazy fear is. He has never done anything to me in my entire life that I could even remotely think of as negative. I just didn't want to go. But I walk across the campus. I go to see him. Prof, how you doing? Man, Derek, what's going on? Man, how's it going? So we small talk for about 10 or 15 minutes. And then he says, man, what can I do for you? Prof, I want to finish my degree. He said, oh, man, you got a copy of your transcript? Yes, sir. He looks at it. God looks at it. He says, well, you know, we have a requirement. You got to spend your last two years on campus. He said, but I'm looking at your transcript. All your required classes are done. All you got to take is electives. He says, man, you're married. You got children. He said, listen, I don't even want you to be under that financial pressure. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what we're going to do. You can go to school wherever you want to go to school. Take whatever classes you want to take because they're all electives now. He says, most of them are three credit hours. You know, our courses are four credit hours. Bring us the transcript. Uh, bring us the, your, your syllabus and the work that you've done. Bring it for each class, and if you need to do more work, maybe we'll have you read another book or write an extra paper or something like that, but we're going to work it out. We're going to help you finish your degree. Then all you got to do is come back, write your senior paper, and you're done. But, but, but I need you to hear me. If I continue to allow fear to control me, i still be looking for my degree. Are you hearing me? There is somebody in here right now, man, and, and here's the problem when fear is the root of your anger. That anger gets turned inward, right? Now, you may project it against some other people, but you get mad at yourself. You get mad at yourself for wasted opportunities. You get mad at yourself for not following your dream. You get mad at yourself because you listen to folk who talked you out of doing what you know you really wanted to do, what you look back now and you say, you know what, I really should have done it. You get angry. And that anger is rooted in that unresolved fear. Look at Psalm 56, 11. In God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Psalm 118, verses 6 and 7. Let's read it together. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall not look in triumph 
I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. Isaiah 41, verse 10, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Yes, all who are incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. Those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. If you want to resolve your hurt, you got to learn how to forgive. If you want to resolve your fear, you got to learn how to focus on God. You know, it's amazing when you focus on God and stop focusing on your situation and circumstances, how much bolder you become. That's why the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. If you're feeling weak, the reason you're feeling weak is because you're focusing on your strength and not on God. If you're feeling hatred, it's because you're focusing on your feelings and not on God's love. If your mind is going every which way, it's because the stinking thinking is coming out of your head. Because God gives us what? A sound mind. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you can overcome your frustrations by focusing on and doing what you can to positively change your life. You can overcome your frustrations by focusing on and doing what you can to positively change your life. Now, I need somebody to hear me today if you've never heard me before. Frustration is caused when things or people are out of your control and you cannot get the results you want. Much of your anger is rooted in frustration. And the more you want to control things, the more likely you are to be frustrated, and the more likely that unresolved frustration will turn into anger. Frustration. You want to control stuff. And let's be honest. When you are a controller... You want to control everything. No, no, no. You get angry if the toilet paper is put on and it rolls under instead of over. You get angry if the butter knife and the steak knife is in the same slot in the drawer. You get angry if the items are not put back in the refrigerator right. You get angry if somebody else, man, don't wash the dishes because you don't know where to put them. Common sense would tell you, put it in the left drawer, not the right drawer. Your anger has become notorious and famous. Folks, stay out of your kitchen before they go in it because they know you're going to act a fool. You get frustrated because folk won't do what you want the way you want it done. Lady called on the phone. She was praying, asking the Lord to give her a husband. And it's what the lady said. She said, 
Well, I'm asking the Lord to give me a husband that'll serve the Lord the way I want to serve the Lord. Like, whoa. Like, are you going to serve the Lord the way God wants you to serve him? And can your husband-to-be serve him the way God wants him to serve? Oh, they, everybody got to fall in line with the way you want it done. And I can tell by some of your faces that that's your issue. You don't need to say anything. Because I'm looking at you and I'm looking at the person next to you. And the person sitting next to you says, I know better not to say anything. I ain't saying amen to nothing. You talk all you want, Rev. I ain't saying nothing. I'm shouting in my spirit, but I'm silent in this chair. Because I got to go home. <laughs> Listen, the key to alleviating your frustration is to stop focusing on and trying to control everything. You know why you get frustrated? Because you're trying to control what you can't control. If you could control it, you wouldn't be frustrated. Why don't you start focusing on what you can do instead of focusing on what everybody else is doing? Let me, let me meddle just a little bit if I haven't already. You want to control your spouse to get them to do what you want them to do. And here's the problem. Because they don't do what you want them to do, you have spent years because you can't control them punishing them. Husbands punishing wives, wives punishing husbands. Because they won't do, who died and left you boss? When did you become granted the privilege to sit on the throne of the universe? When did you become God? And you trying to change somebody else and God is still trying to change you. See, Here's what I've learned about control. People will act as ugly as their hurt and ugly as their frustration to control whatever they can control. Can I control you? Can I control my friends? Can I control my situation? Can I control my circumstances? Can I control my family? And whatever degree of ugliness I need to be to control it, that's what I'm going to do. Because I'm not going to let you frustrate me, and I ain't let, letting you hurt me, and I'd rather be without you than to change how I act. We saw it this past week. We, we saw how anger can affect your IQ and how you act. It, it, was, it was a lead story on Good Morning America. Folk that never watched football before. Saw that scene in Cleveland with a player swinging at another player's head with the helmet. Now, now, here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. We only talk about really one or two aspects of what created that angry situation, right? We ain't talk about the fact that when the man tackled the man, he was trying to twist his helmet off his head when he was on the ground, Right? 
And then the other guy grabbed his helmet and pulled it off his head. And then the other guy grabbed him to pull him away. But watch this. The man that had the helmet taken off his head with no protection is so angry, he rushes towards the man with the helmet on. Now, anybody knows if you can get in a fight with anybody and somebody has a helmet on and you don't have one on, and they weigh 60, 70 pounds more than you, you don't want to run towards them. You want to run the other way. But that quarterback was so angry, he didn't care. The gentleman that was kicking and hitting on the guy that pulled the helmet off was asked the question, what was going through his mind when he was kicking and hitting the guy? And he said, I don't remember. I blacked out. I don't even remember hitting him. Because that's what frustration will do. I had a deacon at my first church. We got into this heated discussion. I, I didn't, it wasn't heated on my part, but it got heated for him. Because the church was a bylaws-driven church, and the bylaws weren't abiblical, they were unbiblical, <laughs> right? So there's stuff in the bylaws that folk wrote, watch this, to control that was not biblical. It was against what the Bible said. So I said to the deacon, I said, well, deacon, I said, but you, you do understand, and I'm pointing out in the bylaws. Hey, this is unbiblical, and the Bible says, and so after about the third time, I said, but the Bible says, he hollered at me, forget the Bible. We ain't talking about the Bible. We talking about the bylaws. <laughs> he was so frustrated that he didn't care what the Bible said. He was all up in his flesh. And I thought to myself, I need to find me another church real quick because this is not going to go well, right? Now, we can laugh and gasp at that deacon, but how many times have you said that in your flesh when it comes to your anger? Forget the Bible. I don't care what God says about forgiving somebody. Forget the Bible. I don't care what God says about he, he, he's my friend and, and he'll take care of my enemies. Forget the Bible. Because if you don't say it verbally, you've been saying it by your actions. Look at Genesis 4-7. You will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. Circle the word control. But you must subdue it and be its master. The Lord told Cain he had to choose whether he would control sin or sin would control him. So here's what I want to suggest to you if you're frustrated. Do what you can and trust God with what you can. Do what you can do and trust God with what you can't do. Change what you can instead of focusing on what you cannot change. And if you want to start on changing somebody, change you. 
And if you walk around and you are a controller and you get frustrated and you get angry and you get angry over the toilet paper and you get angry over utensils and you get angry over where pots are put and you get angry over minor stuff, then I challenge you to look in the mirror and find out why it gets you so angry. Because I submit to you, the problem is not the person who puts the toilet paper on the roll in the opposite way than what you wanted. That, that's really not the issue. And I know you think they just do it to get on your nerves. They just put the toilet paper on the wrong way just to get on your nerves. I know you think that. I know you think folks sit there and go, now let me see, how can I really piss her off? Mm. Let me put the butter knife and the steak knife together. <laughs> Job 34, verse 11, for he repays man according to his worth and makes man to find a reward according to his way. When you do what you can do, God will see and reward you according to your works. Do what you can do. Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. What can you do? You can choose between being negative or being positive. Philippians 4, beginning at verse 8, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the god of peace will be with you always let go let go let let go of the negative let go of the hurt let go of the fear. Let go of the frustration. Let it go. Listen, if you saw me standing here and I was holding this microphone and I said, oh, my God, this microphone is hot. It's burning my hands. Oh, my God, it's burning my hands. It's burning my hands. What would you say? Let it go. Why are you holding on to it? Let it go. No, let it go. Oh, man, but it's just, oh, my hands are just, let it go. So I say to you, let it go. Look, look at somebody and tell them, let it go. Look on the other side. I say, let it go. Let it go. The hurt, let it go. The fear, let it go. The frustration, let it go. Let, let it go. Let, let go of feeling bad over past mistakes. Let, let go of your bitterness. Let go of your complaining. Let go of your depression. Let go of feeling sorry for yourself. Let go of your guilt. Let go of limiting beliefs that you have placed upon yourself. Let go of meanness. Let go of nastiness. Let go of negativity. Let go of your pain. Let go of the problems. Let go of toxic people. Let go. Let go 
of unforgiveness. Let go of worry. Let go of hurt. Let go of fear. Let go of frustration. Let go of anger. Let it go and let God bless you. Don't leave here today holding on to that which is holding you back. That which is inflicting pain upon your soul. Let it go. Old song said, the world from you withhold. All its silver and its gold. And you have to get along with meager fare. Just remember in his word how he feeds the little birds. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Trust him and never doubt. He will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Somebody take your hurt to the Lord and leave it there. Take your fear to the Lord and leave it there. Take your frustration to the Lord and leave it there. Take your anger to the Lord and leave it there. The world has not seen the best of who you are. And will never see it until you let it go. And let God bring healing into your life. Father, I thank you today for your word. God, even when the pain, the hurt, the fear, the frustrations are justified, they are still never profitable to our own spirits. And so I pray, God, for somebody today to make the conscious decision to release it, to let it go. Help them to see the damage that it's doing to their own spirit and the damage that it has done to their own relationships. Help them to see it, God, and let it go so that they can claim the divine healing that you have made available for them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody who can, everybody who will, if you stand on your feet wherever you are. Somebody today needs to make the decision And say, I'm tired of being sick and tired. You need to say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want to make a change in my life. I want to give somebody an opportunity today to say yes to the Lord. tell you what I want to do though before, before we extend the invitation I want us to pray um, I want us to pray and I, I want you um, and brothers you, those of you who are singing I want you to take, take this liberty 
I want you to find your significant other. Find your spouse. And if they're not here, join hands with somebody around you, somebody close to you, family members or friends. But I want you, I want you, to, I want you to go. Because here's what I know. Thank you, Lord. Here's what I know. Those who provide support for caregivers will tell you when you're a caregiver, expect the person that you are caring for to lash out against you. Right? And it's not because you hurt them. Sometimes, watch this, it's because of their fear of what's coming and their frustration of not being able to do what they used to do on their own. And that becomes the source of their anger and they lash out. Right? I'm saying that because sometimes the people who love us the most are the people we end up hurting the most. And sometimes it's those unresolved issues from the past that we bring with us. We bring those issues from the past, and it doesn't matter whether you see it or not. You know, it's like, it's like me getting a cut on my arm. My wife may not have cut me, but if she bumped up against it, it's still going to hurt. Right? And I'll go off like she's the one that cut me. I got cut somewhere else. And please don't let me think she's doing it intentionally. Like, she, you know that bothers me. Why are you going to keep on doing that? Somewhere along the line, man, we've got to, watch this, not just forgive, but we've got to learn how to pray for each other. And there's somebody in here, you're mad at your spouse, you're mad at your husband, you're mad at your wife, you're mad at your family member, mother, father, brother, sister. You're mad, and you have spent more time being angry than you have spent praying. You don't have to say, man, I know I'm right. You have spent more time being angry and talking about them than you have spent praying for them. So I want you to join hands with that person. And if that person is not here, join hands with the person next to you. That's fine. Because everybody should be connected to somebody. And here's what I want you to do. And you can do it to yourself. You don't have to do it out loud. I, I want you to pray. Husband, pray for your wife. Wife, pray for your husband. I want you, I want you to pray. Right? Because you, listen, you can spend years. Let's talk to a person in the last service. 34 years. 34 years he's been trying to change her. And instead of changing her, he has lived in a way that's punished her for 34 years. Because her not changing in his mind is a choice, it's an action, and she is willfully doing this. And, and let's not think it's just men punishing their wives, because wives punish husbands. Right? And, and somewhere along the line, man, we've got, we've got to find healing and wholeness in ourselves and in our, our homes. 
and get to the root of those issues. All right? So join hands with you, with your loved one. Um, and, and however the Lord leads you to pray, um, whether it's the family member, whether it's your relationship with them, whatever it is. Uh, just want to take a minute to pray and then I'm going to close this out in prayer. Father, bless in the name of Jesus. Where our hurts are great, make the healing even greater. Where the fear is great, let the power of your presence overshadow even the greatest of fear. Where frustration is present, God, help us to focus on you. And instead of focusing on changing somebody else who we have no power over, God, help us to pray and change ourselves, to allow your Holy Spirit to have your way in our lives. Help us, God, to stop making minor things major. Help somebody, God, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, to stop making every disagreement the foundation for divorce. Help, help somebody, God, to stop threatening to inflict pain emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. Every time they've been hurt, God, as if it's been and it is the end of the world. God, I pray for healing right now in the name of Jesus. God, we pray for those who we love, those who have been hurt, and we can see as we go through your word and go through this series the evidence of their pain. They may not see it all, God, but we can see it. And by your Holy Spirit, you've given us insight. God, heal as only you can. Move as only you can. Make a difference. And if the change needs to start in us, change us. So the difference can be seen and your spirit can move. Where our prayers fall short, make up the difference. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody stand on your feet if you can and if you will. I want to extend an invitation right now to Christian discipleship. If you're here and you need Jesus in your life, the men and women who are up front would love to show you how to ask Jesus Christ into your life. If you're looking for a church home and you believe this is where God wants you to be, we invite you to come. We're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We're just trying to become all that God wants us to be. And I want you to know there is no battle in your flesh that you can win and sustain in your flesh. The only way you will win and sustain victory and walk in victory is by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
So if you're here today, as the song of invitation is sung, don't wait, tarry, dialogue or debate, come from upstairs or down. Come on and let's worship together as you present your body a living sacrifice to the Lord. Come on and come. to me carefully just because you got through it doesn't mean you got over it right just because you got past it doesn't mean you got over it because when you talk about getting over it you're talking about healing that comes so that what has happened in the past no longer afflicts you in your present and it no longer dictates what's going to happen in your life in the future right just because you talk about it doesn't mean or don't talk about it doesn't mean you got over it right because when it affects how you interact with people how you behave with people how you talk it affects how you think then I submit to you haven't gotten over it and I submit to you you can't get over it without God and I hear somebody saying well Pastor, I don't even want to go back and deal with it. But you know what you're missing? You're already dealing with it. You're dealing with it every day. That's like me saying I'm sick, but I don't want to go to the doctor. I don't want to find healing. I'm fine. I'm feeling good. No. Man, you want to make sure that you take care of that. My prayer for you today is that you would do that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Stretch out your hand. Let's cover this young lady in prayer. Father, thank you for this young lady who has come. God, you know where she's come from. You know what she is going through. You know what's waiting for her. And we bless your name, God, for leading her to come to be part of this church family in whatever way she sees fit. God, we pray for her right now. Cover her in believing prayer that you would move by the power of your spirit to help her to get on the path and stay on the path to becoming all you desire her to be. We love you. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Let all of God's people say amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Amen. All right, let's move quickly. We're a little past time. Good hope it's time for the offering. Amen. Amen. We got a little thank you message. Master Control. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh-uh. Start it over. Start it over. Start it over. Do it right. Start it over.
Amen. For those of you who don't know, that's the Way of Life Church. Um, that is our youngest church plant, and uh, that church is pastored by our former executive pastor, Pastor Christopher Clemens. They got a new location in Pearland and got their sign up on 518, and so we're continuing to cover them in believing prayer. And I want you to know that that work was only possible because of your giving. When we look at our impact on people's lives nationally, internationally, and locally, it's because of our faithful giving. When we talk about, you know, our monthly uh, wellness program and our community empowerment program and the lives that we're changing and feeding thousands of people every year, it's because of what you do that allows us to be the salt and light that God calls us to be. And so. I hope in my, and my prayer is that you would take my word seriously to pray and make sure your giving is an act of worship, that you see it as an act of worship, that it's just, not just giving. You know, I used to hear people say, give until it hurts, but I think you should give until it feels good, until you know that you're obeying God and you're giving the way God wants you to give, all right? You can give in a multiplicity of ways. You can give electronically via push pay or Givelify. You can also give via check or cash. You can also text to give. However the Lord leads you to give, make sure your giving is pleasing to the Lord. For those who are streaming, you can give as well. And you can find everything online or at the I Am Hope app. All right? Let's worship the Lord in giving. children in children's church you are excused let me ask the family of jace uh isom if you would come forward please uh parents grandparents godparents family members and friends if you would come forward we want to dedicate young jace to the lord and then following that um, we will have our announcements and we'll go down from this place amen 
want to encourage you, if you have children, please go ahead and get your children. Otherwise, make sure you remain. You know, one of the things, and I, maybe I need to do a sermon just on the power of the benediction. Um, because, you know, a lot of times we, we call ourselves wanting to get out early and slip out so we can miss traffic. Um, and in trying to miss traffic, you'll miss the blessing. Amen. Um, and so want to encourage you to make sure you stay. And we want to be witnesses and encourage this family as well. Amen. 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 All right. I hope, I hope everybody got children because some look like they're walking out with grown children. Oh, maybe be like them old preachers just start embarrassing folk. You know what I mean? <laughs> Don't let me see somebody I know. You know, that happened with Marcus one time. Marcus was moving around way too much. And I said, Marcus, where you going? Across the pulpit. And he told me later on, he said, I knew you was going to call my name. I knew it. I said, sit down. Don't move. And boy, amen. We're here today. To dedicate to the Lord Jace Isom, uh, his parents, Chelsea and Jeremy, uh, grandparents, godparents, and friends and family members are present. If there are other friends and family members who would like to come and stand with this family, we would encourage you to do that. Those of you who would like to take pictures, you are free to move about, come up on the platform, whatever you want to do uh, to take pictures is fine with me. Matthew chapter 19, beginning at verse 13. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me, don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Uh, children are special to the Lord because they represent the innocence and the best in who we are. And when he talks about us being like children, he wants us to be childlike but not childish. And being childlike really shows a love and dependence upon our heavenly father like children show a love and dependence upon their parent and so we come today to dedicate to the lord young jace uh, the family is a divine institution ordained of god in the beginning of time and children are a heritage of god they are a blessing from the lord while the world sees children as a burden the bible says they are a blessing and the man who has them and his quiver is full has been blessed by god uh, today we recognize, like Hannah, that young Jace is a gift from God. And these parents come today uh, to present him back to the Lord to recognize the gift that has been given. And so today we dedicate to the Lord Jace Isom and say to God, thank you for the gift and we present him back to you, God to do great things in his life and through him. I want to issue a charge to the parents and all who make up this village that will be responsible 
for the raising of this young man because all of us can look back over our own lives and know that it was more than our parents who invested in us. It was grandparents, godparents, family members, friends, teachers who all played a role in helping to shape us and to mold us into who we are today. And so for those who are present, who are part of this group, I want to read this charge to you. And if you agree to comply with the charge as it is given, I'm going to ask you to all respond in unison. We do. In the sight of God and in the presence of these witnesses, do you promise to raise this child in the fear and admonition of the Lord? If so, answer, we do. Do you promise to seek to lead him to accept Jesus as Savior and Lord at a young age? If so, answer, we do. Do you promise as much as possible to set before him a godly example of consistent Christian living? If so, answer, we do. The Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, through its pastor, accepts this child in dedication and assumes responsibility before God for the responsibility of helping these parents raise this child in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We are never to be the substitute for parents, but we are to be a support for parents to help them because parents, according to the Bible, are the primary teachers and instructors of their own children. And so we want to support them in this endeavor. Let's pray. Join hands with one another, those of you who are in this family and friends. And let's cover young Jace in believing prayer. Father, we thank you and we bless you for the gift that you have given to this family and the person and personality of Jace Isom. We thank you, God, because we know that regardless of what men and women do and say, ultimately life is still in your hands. And what we do not see, what we cannot understand what we may perceive as accidental in your eyes is providential. And so we ask you, God, right now in the name of Jesus, that you would touch and bless as only you can. God, for his mother, we pray your choice blessings upon her. Uh, Chelsea, who will be the first love of his life, who will embody for him on earth, the unconditional love that you have for all of us from glory. We pray, God, that she would nurture him, but also encourage him to be all that you have destined him to be. And we pray, God, for his father, for Jeremy, that he would recognize that he will be the first hero of his life, that when Jace looks for an example, he will not look first anywhere else but in his own home to see the footsteps that he should follow. He will know and learn how to treat other people by watching how his father will treat people. He will learn how to treat a woman by watching how his father treats his mother. And so, God, we pray right now for Jeremy as he walks in that example. We pray, God, that he would be what Jace needs and looks for. God, we pray now. And cover Jace, asking you to touch as only you can. 
We ask your blessings upon them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. God, you have protected him. You have kept him thus far. And we pray, God, that you will continue to keep him and protect him. Assign your very best available angel to watch over him. And God, help him to grow in the fear and admonition of the Lord and become the man that you want him to be. A man who will change the world. A man who will make the world a better place. God, where our prayers fall short for these family members and friends, and where our prayers fall short for Jace, we ask you to make up the difference. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bell, come on and take care of our visitors and those who remain. Thank you all so much for staying. I, I really appreciate it, and I know the family appreciates it as well. Uh, for those of you who are sharing with us, we, we ran a little over today, but I hope you were blessed. I hope you were encouraged. Um, and I know it was a tough message, but, you know, sometimes messages are like, like medicine, you know may not taste good to you, but you know it's good for you. Amen? Amen. Let's thank God for our senior pastor, the angel of this house, who preached a helpful word today. And I know that you're going to be blessed and practice it in your life. Um, a couple of things I want to remind you of this week. We do have Bible study on Wednesday at noon and at 7 o'clock. So we look to see you there. And reminding you again that if you're going to come out and help us on Saturday with the Boxes of Love, just let me know before you leave today. Uh, also, remember all of our sick and shut-in members and our grieving families in your prayers. All right, it's time for us now to recognize our guest. So today, if you're visiting with us for the first time, would you please stand? We're not going to ask you to say anything. We do want to recognize you. If it's your first visit, please stand. Amen. <laughs> Remain standing. If it's your second visit, please stand. Right, we're so glad that you came this way to fellowship with the Good Hope Church. We hope and pray that you have been blessed by the word, you have been blessed by the singing, and by the fellowship. And because you're here, we have a special reception for you. And so I'm going to ask that you gather your things and you can follow these young ladies who are part of our guest relations ministry, and they're going to take you to the area for the reception. We have a special gift for you, as well as some information about the Good Hope Church. God bless you. Thank you for coming. You're welcome to come anytime and all the time. Amen. Show some love, church. They came out in the cold weather. You know that one or two days we get cold weather. Amen. Coming from upstairs as well. Come on. Amen. All right. If everybody's good, let's stand and receive the benediction. Pastor reminded us to let it go. Let it go. God, we come now to thank you for this word that you've sent unto us. Thank you, Lord, that our pastor yielded to your spirit and he came to us 
with what we needed today. Help us, Lord, as we try to let it go. Help us as we try to release it. Allow us to walk in your will and walk in your way. Thank you for being an all-powerful God. You're the only one that can help us to let it go. Now, Lord, I pray for everyone at the sound of my voice that you bless them this week when they rise up early and settle late. Bless them, Lord, as they go out and as they come in. Bless them in their labor and in their leisure until we come together again to the house of prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, hug somebody on your way out.